Kevin O'Brien here, the FF Engineer. I host the Fantasy Football Engineering Podcast, where I bring on a guest each week to discuss a wide range of topics, all to apply practical knowledge in order to design, research, build, maintain your dynasty rosters for now and beyond. I borrow brilliance from each guest and share how I leverage many different areas of expertise to accomplish a common goal of competing all year round. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. DynastyLeagueFootball.com, you heard that right, and the DLF family of podcasts. Can you believe it? That's James the Brain. Andrew Luck Watch, still not throwing. Over 500 days since he last threw a pass, guys. That's Travis the Beard. Hey guys, what does a nosy pepper do? Mm-mm. He gets jalapeno business. Uh. <laughs> no? <laughs> no? <laughs> I am John, reducing the carbon footprint by recycling podcast intros, Hogue. And this is the Super Flex Super Show Maiden Voyage. Welcome home to DLF, guys. How does that sound? Awesome, man. I'm stoked. Yeah. So real quick, let's address the elephant in the room. We have moved. We have taken on a new name. Super Flexible stays with the Dynasty Football Factory, Dynasty Football Network, and thank you to them for all of the support and for helping us get our start. We're on to Dynasty League Football and embracing a brand new challenge and taking on a new name, the Super Flex Super Show. So for all of those who, uh, the feed was not interrupted, so we went straight from Super Flexible right into the Super Flex Super Show. So thank you for sticking with us. You can follow us on Twitter at our new handle, at SuperFlexShow. Travis is still at TravisNFL. James is at underscore JamesTheBrain. And I'm at SuperFlexDude. Follow us all on Twitter and get all caught up. And uh, thank you again for sticking with us. So let's get to this first episode as a new member of the Dynasty League Football Family of Podcasts. Yeah, this one's going to be really fun. We're going to bring back some segments that we've used in the past, and we're just going to kind of do a kind of a mix and match. We're going to have a little bit of everything for everyone, for all our listeners. So we're going to start with some trades. We got some uh, some trades that we're going to be debating and analyzing. We're going to go over uh, that have been sent to us on Twitter. Um, we're also going to do a quick round of Tinder Flex, which is always fun. Uh, we kind of uh, the the. Uh, the idea behind Tinderflex is we're going to give a bunch of stats and we're going to have to make a decision based on those stats without knowing the player on whether or not we take them or not. Um, we're going to do a Super 6 uh, segment where we each have a top 6 list that we're going to go over and each each list is going to be uh, going to be unique to each individual host. And we're also going to do a segment of Your Nuts where we're each going to have a crazy prediction and the other two hosts can tell us why we're nuts. So um, I'm looking forward to this one, guys. And John... I think we're starting out with some trades. So what do you have for us as far as some trades coming in? Let's talk some trades. That sounds good. Let's get some fireworks going right away. And uh, me and Travis yelling at each other. Um, yes. The, the, uh, all, the, all the old listeners have missed that. All the new listeners uh, need to be exposed to this as soon as possible. So we're going to start with one that came to, among others, Travis, your individual uh, Twitter account. And real quick, you can send your trades to any one of us, or again, s- send it to at Superflex Show on Twitter, and uh, we can we can retweet it for you, help you get more votes, help you get more comments, and we can even analyze them right here on the podcast. So this one came to Travis, among others, and uh, this is two rookies, Ronald Jones and Carrion Johnson. For Christian McCaffrey and a 2019 second, what do you guys think? Which side of this are you on? I had actually voted CMC and the 19 second, um, and Twitter agrees with that. It was 70-30 in favor of that side, but man, the more I don't know, the more I think about it, no, I'm gonna stick with <laughs> I'm gonna stick with Christian McCaffrey and the 19 second. Um, I like Carry On, but. I, 
you know, the chances of him increasing in value in year one are, I don't know, I think they're probably 60-40. Um, I think he could succeed in that offense, and you guys know I'm not a Rojo fan, so I'll, I'll take the uh, PPR Dynamo in Christian McCaffrey and the 19th second. Yeah, that's interesting, Travis. I was wondering which way you were going to go. I know that uh, that you're a little outspoken on Christian McCaffrey, too. I know that you're lower on him than uh, most most people have uh, as far as consensus rankings go. Um, so I was, I was wondering what you were going to do here, but uh, I, I'm going to agree with you. Um, I think I'd take Christian McCaffrey in the 2019 second, and it's really funny because when I analyze this trade, I like Christian McCaffrey, and that's why I'm going to take this this side of it. Um, but the other side, I, I like Ronald Jones an awful lot. I like the situation he was in. Carry on Johnson to me, I, boy, what, what's the last Detroit running back that's actually been good for fantasy purposes? It's, hasn't it been a while? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm a little weary of, of the, uh, the landing spot for Carry on Johnson, to be honest with you. So I'm going to go with the Christian McCaffrey side based on that mostly. Um, but yeah, John, are we going to have a clean sweep here? Or are you going to start yelling at Travis? So, so this this poll was at seventy percent to thirty percent until I voted, and then it went down to sixty nine to thirty one. Because I'm <laughs> no, we we can't get a sweep. We never get a sweep. Yeah, I've got the the Ronald Jones carry on Johnson side. Although, I mean, to me, this is a very balanced trade. I I think that it's pretty fair. You know, if 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 you're looking to consolidate points, I think Christian McCaffrey probably does that, especially in a PPR. But to me, you know, for for those who haven't been, you know, longtime listeners to the uh, to the podcast in its various iterations at this point, to me, the goal with running backs is just to get as many of them as you can because they get hurt, they get stuck in committees, you know, they just, for whatever reason, they're just ineffective for weeks at a time, and you just have to keep cycling through them throughout the course of a season. So give me the side where you've got multiple shots at fantasy production on a week-to-week basis, and I think that you've got that. I think you've got the lead back in two different offenses as opposed to, you know, a guy who is going to be more of the satellite back, more of the pass catcher role in Christian McCaffrey. So, and to me, their shelf lives are going to be awfully similar anyways. So, you know, give, give me the side where I've got multiple shots at actually finding some, some running back production. Yeah, I don't totally disagree with with some of the stuff that you said there, John. I, I some the one it. thing I do, I well, the one thing I do really agree with is I, I think it's a really close trade. I mean, I, I do feel like it's a uh, uh, it, it's it's a fairly balanced trade. I, I had a tough time making a decision. Travis almost switched, so I think he he might feel the same way. Um, but no, I, I I agree with the fact that Christian McCaffrey is pretty one dimensional. But that one dimension is so valuable in a PPR league to be able to get that type of production from him and. You know, he's going to duck out of bounce a lot of times. He's going to be running up the sideline. I don't think he's going to take a lot of hits, and I think that helps his longevity. So that's the only thing I would say. But, um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel like it, it's, a, it's a fair trade. What do you think, Travis? It's definitely closer than 70-30, uh, and that's kind of what I mm-hmm. almost almost wish I thought about it. But, man, I just don't. I'm, I'm totally fading Rojo, so that's really that's really where it factors in for me. Um, yeah, whatever. But yeah, I mean, so Christian McCaffrey is going to catch more passes than Ronald Jones and Carrion Johnson combined, which I think is, I mean, that, that needs to be factored in, uh, especially since this is a PPR league. And I don't know that either one of those guys is going to get enough volume on the ground to, to make up for that. So that's why I ultimately decided to stay on this side, but it's, it's close. I'm going to go to the next trade here. This one was sent to us on Twitter as well. This is a 14-team PPR quarter point per carry super flex dynasty league. Uh, We've got Michael Thomas and Jarek McKinnon for Le'Veon Bell, Jamison Crowder, and a 2022nd. Dude, I I hate having to choose between these sides because... (laughs) 
<laughs> one side has has one of my favorite receivers, and that's Michael Thomas, and the other side has my running back one, which is Le'Veon Bell. Um, so, I mean, this this really is difficult for me. Um, I ultimately and. It's interesting because I'm going to side with the minority here, and I'm going to say I would probably have the Bell, Crowder, and 2020 second side. Uh, I, I'm starting to get higher and higher on McKinnon. I really am, and that's that's why it really um, it's, it's tough for me on this one. But just with with getting .25 point per carry and being that it's a 14-team league, I think running back is just so scarce compared to, to receiver. Um, it, it's becoming less scarce. Um, but I still think that getting a, a top option like Le'Veon Bell in a 14-team league and with, you know, getting, you know, a quarter point per carry really kind of sides with him. It really, really uh, boosts the running back position, and I think Bell still outcarries McKinnon uh, by, by a good margin. Um, so I think I would take Bell there, and then the Crowder in 2022nd uh, to me kind of makes up for losing McKinnon a little bit. Um, so I think I'm going to take that side. But, man, I think this is another trade that I'm, I'm – seeing is pretty equal um what about you john what do you think do you which, which side would you go on am i nuts here <laughs> you're well you're a little nuts yeah i mean i've got michael thomas and so first of all jameson crowder does nothing for me and that's a total preference thing and that makes this a little difficult for for us to you know to have a have a real conversation on i just I can't stand Jamison Crowder. I can't stand the situation. I can't stand Alex Smith. I'm tired of waiting on Jamison Crowder. And I just, I, I I see him as just kind of bench filler more than anything. So it, to me, there's, you know, the sweetener side of, of the Le'Veon Bell side of this trade just is non-existent. It, it really does read to me as Michael Thomas and Jarek McKinnon straight up for Le'Veon Bell and then you know a a a, you know a draft pick that you get to make in a couple years if you still have it and a guy who you have to drop somebody to make room for on your roster so that's that to be honest that's kind of the big issue for me is the fact that you go from two usable guys down to one and I don't think that you're consolidating points. I think that Michael Thomas does just as much for your line for your lineup as Le'Veon Bell does, and then you also get Jarek McKinnon on that side. So you know you get a, a running back two at the very least, I would think. So yeah, I'm I'm taking the Michael Thomas side. I prefer to build around wide receivers, anyways, especially the young elite guys. So and. T- and I'm I'm getting legitimately concerned about Le'Veon Bell's usage at this point. You know, at 26 years old, he's getting awfully close to that cliff. I that's at least that's uh, that's my guess. I I'm on James's side here. I voted for Bell Crowder in the second. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I. <laughs> So as far as Michael Thomas and Le'Veon Bell providing the same thing for your fantasy team, I think that is 100% just not true. Um, Last year, Le'Veon Bell scored 341 fantasy points, and Michael Thomas scored 258. So that is, what, 80-something. In in PPC? Uh, Is that with a point? No, it's not. That's just huh. straight PPR. So even more so, uh, if yeah. you factor in, what did he have here? Uh, he had 321 attempts. <laughs> so <laughs> that even that broadens that gap significantly. I mean, we're talking 100 to 140 fantasy point difference between Bell and mm-hmm. Michael Thomas. Um, that said, though, I mean, I think I've said, I've been pretty vocal before that I I'm not. I'm kind of – I don't want to say I'm I, – I love Le'Veon Bell. He's one of the best players in the league. But as far as his situation and his future fantasy value I, and his age and all that factor together, I am on the sell Le'Veon Bell soon-ish train. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But even considering You just don't think Thomas and McKinnon is enough. I don't. I don't. And I think a, va- a factor here is I like Jamison Crowder. He definitely factors into this trade for me. Uh, Ugh. Dude, he's 24, Puke. 25. Uh, if any yep. if any receiver in that offense is going to benefit from dink and dunk Alex Smith, it's going to be Jamison Crowder. And so I, I like Jamison Crowder for this year. I think he sees a significant value increase. Um, and I don't know that uh, – yeah, I mean, so I don't know. So that combined with the second I – mean, it's a 2020 second. It's not a big deal. That doesn't really factor in for me. But Crowder does mean something to me. Uh, and – I'm not as high on McKinnon as some, and so that's all of that combined. Really, is uh, I, I would stick with the Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder side. Yeah, one more thing I'll add too with with Crowder is being that it's a 14 team league. Let's let's just assume, and I, we don't really have the the roster configurations or the the, the lineup settings, but I I think it's maybe I'm wrong in assuming this, but I think it's pretty safe to assume that it's probably three wide receivers starting or or something, you know, close to that. And if it is, then that means 42 wide receivers are starting each week. If you mean to tell me that Jamison Crowder doesn't have value in that format with bye weeks and everything, and this guy could be the number one uh, receiving option on that team. And I know that that team's receiving situation isn't isn't great, but you got to think that he has some fantasy value, right? At, at that point, I mean, I don't know. To, to me, he definitely factors in at least a little so- bit. Um, he actually so in 2016, which was his quote unquote breakout year, he finishes wide receiver 31, um, which isn't obviously sexy or great, but it factors in, in in this format like you just said. And then last year in his down year, he had he was wide receiver 40. So he both years he's in with he's within that threshold, which I know is you know you don't want to start the wide receiver 40 every week. That's not what I'm saying, but. He has been fantasy relevant, and with the new situation, I think that he should absolutely be a factor in this trade. That's all I'm saying, because I I see an up year coming for him. All right, guys, so the next trade that we have is a 12-team Superflex trade, and it's the 1.01 for Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and the 2.03. This one to me is interesting. So what do you guys think? John, Travis, what do you think about this trade? Which side are you guys taking? So this is a, a PPR, and it's a re- okay. It's a rebuilding team, which to me is crucial in, in analyzing this trade. So Tyreek Hill, to me, is awfully close to 1.01 just by himself. Wrong. I mean, I've got— Wrong. I've— I've got him as a so top ten wide receiver wrong. in Dynasty. I can't even believe you just said that sentence out loud. I didn't. Uh, okay, he's not worth one point oh one by himself. Not even close. But he's close. Not even close. Oh, he's close. One oh. He's got to be close in a PPR. One oh nine. No, yep. you're nuts. Yep. You're nuts. You're already nuts. We're not even on your nuts yet, and you're already nuts. I would sell Tyreek Hill for the one oh nine. <laughs> Pull up your pants because I can see your nuts. You are <laughs> you're insane. No, Tyreek Hill is easily worth. I cannot believe one point oh two. I cannot believe you just said that. So we're going to mm-hmm. disagree. But go ahead. <laughs> Tyreek Hill is worth one point oh two. He's pretty close to one point oh one. But then this is a rebuilding <sighs> team. Saquon Barkley does you absolutely no good if you're trying to rebuild. If he's the only guy on your team and he's going to give you three or four, maybe five good years, it's going to take you that long to develop a receiving core and to develop you know, quarterbacks and tight ends. So especially in a PPR league, you're not getting PPC. You know, Saquon Barkley can't rebuild your roster for you just by himself. There's no way to do it. So in, you take the other side of that, you get Tyreek Hill, you get a young wide receiver one, plus you get a young quarterback in Pat Mahomes, plus you get an early second round pick that could be another wide receiver, and that's how you rebuild a roster. You start with those young wide receivers and young quarterbacks, and you build it up from there, and when all of those pieces mature, then you start adding the running backs. So Saquon Barkley doesn't belong on a rebuilding team, just as a general rule. So I... I, I 
I agree with that general statement. And if if you're if you're a true rebuilding team, you should be shopping the 101 because the value is insane. Um, I disagree on your Tyreek Hill valuation. I think that is in, clinically insane. Um, 109 is is <laughs> si- that's silly silly nonsense saying that Tyreek Hill is close to the 101. It's not even remotely close. Um, yeah. But is. all that being said. I pick the Mahomes Tyreek 203 side. Um, and it's largely because of the rebuilding team factor and the Patrick Mahomes factor. Uh, if you are a rebuilding team and you don't have a solid quarterback core, that is, if I'm taking over a rebuilding team, that's the first thing I'm trying to fix in a super flex league is yep. my quarterbacks. And. Yep. So if you've got the 101, like, for example, in a league, the league we're together in where we all three took over orphans, I sold the 101 for the 102 plus Patrick Mahomes. And I, I'm i totally okay with that trade. So, I mean, I, that kind of just, so my, my whole point is that's what I'm trying to do is is in a, in a rebuilding team, I'm trying to get my quarterback, uh, Roster or my quarterbacks solidified for years to come. Patrick Mahomes has the upside to do that. Um, Tyreek Hill has enough value to where it makes this trade okay to me. Plus the 203 in a super flex at 203, you're probably looking at uh, Christian Kirk, (laughs) which I love. Um, And I would personally try to flip Tyreek immediately, but value-wise, I think that it makes this trade a good trade for a rebuilding team. And for um, just for for the as far as uh, the trade goes, Twitter had it at 50-50. So it is pretty darn close. Um, James, where do you fall on this one? I, man, it's interesting because it was 50-50 on Twitter and on this podcast, it's going to be a clean sweep. I, I agree with everything you guys said. I mean, I'm, I'm Travis. I'm definitely trying to fix my quarterbacks with Mahomes. Uh, getting getting a young, high upside quarterback um, is is a priority for me if I'm if I'm rebuilding. Um, I get Tyreek Hill. Um, I, I like having that connection. I think Tyreek Hill's young enough too to uh, to be a, a major part in this deal. And uh, and you get the 2.03. And I think John, you touched on it, man. I mean, the 1.01 Saquon Barkley doesn't belong on a rebuilding team he's one piece he's one player and yeah he might be one elite player but if you can get two or three starters out of this out of moving him and they can be young enough to be starters for when you're good they can hit their prime when you're competing that's really what you want so yeah I'm, I don't have a whole lot more to add the only thing I will do is I will weigh in I I would I would easily move the 1.02 for Tyreek Hill yep Insanity! I can't believe I'm on a on a <laughs> podcast with you guys sometimes. And, and if yeah, if you told me, me mutual one oh nine, yeah one oh nine is if you told me that right now I have the one point oh two Barkley's off the board, and I have the one point oh two, and I can take any rookie or Tyreek Hill. I'm taking Tyreek Hill at that pick, Correct. and I'm not. I I don't feel bad about it at all. Correct. If I if I was on the clock and I had the one oh two, and someone sent me an offer of Tyreek Hill straight up for the 102, I would respond with crying, laughing face emojis. God. And wow. you you just that said that out. you would do that with the 108, too, which is I wouldn't crazy. do that. So, I mean, I said 109 would be where I, where I would value him at. Depending yeah, so on, what, you depending wouldn't on who's do on the board. For, depending on, who the, you, on who's the board. On, on who's uh, on the board. Yeah. So no. obviously, no, obviously, matter. no, it does matter. And we, uh, the main difference here is we all know that I'm not a Tyreek Hill fan, and he's about to lose his job to Sammy Watkins if we're being real. So, nah, I don't know. About that. <laughs> yeah. Guy gets passed around like a goat. I think. Uh, yeah, we have to move on. Uh, we could spend an entire episode. Diagnosing Travis and fitting him for a straight jacket, but <laughs> let's move on to uh, Tinder Flex, which is a uh, one of our one of our favorite new segments. Um, this is going to be a recurring segment. 
So this is based on superficial information. You don't know who the player is. You're just given superficial information, like I said, uh, similar to you know a uh, a picture of of you know of the girl doing a headstand next to a you know on top of a mountain or some crap like that, or on top of a keg. With ju- yeah, <laughs> yeah, swipe right all day on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, or, you know, wearing gigantic sunglasses so you don't know how she, what she actually looks like and having a very, very vague profile and you're supposed to make a decision on whether or not this is person uh, a person that you could commit to in any way. So we're going to do the same thing with players. Swipe left or swipe right depending on uh on how you process the information that that uh that you're given and that is available to you son of a bitch that was a mouthful that's what she said <laughs> but, yeah, i was gonna say that <laughs> is that the keg stand so, girl yeah probably <laughs> all right so we'll start with you travis all right so i've got four stats here picked at random by myself uh, for this quarterback, and if you guys want to lock him in on your team, you swipe right. If you want another clue, you can do so or ask for one. Uh, and the first one to swipe right gets him. So this is a quarterback. Uh, so far in his career, he averaged 29.6 touchdowns per 16-game season through his first five seasons. Wow. Ooh. Um. Well. Uh. I. I. Uh. Boy, that's that's interesting. Um. I'm gonna pass just because I, I. I still think I need some more information. But that's that's a pretty good stat right there. Yeah, that's pretty solid. He might be old though, so I'm gonna get some more information first. Ooh, interesting. I might have to rearrange my clues here. Uh, so this was my clue number four, but I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring it up to clue number two. This quarterback is 28 years old. Oh, oh I see what you did there. Okay. So we so might be five seasons in. He's 28. Yeah, he's 28, five, season, five full seasons, and he's averaging almost 30 touchdown passes per 16-game season. So, boy, everything sounds good, which – which kind of scares me during this game <laughs> yeah. because uh, I don't know. So I'm going to pass still. I'm still going to pass here a little bit. Yeah, I think I am too. All right, clue number three. This quarterback wears sunglasses at night. I'm just kidding. That's not my clue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so far through this person's career, they have three finishes inside the top six fantasy quarterbacks for a single year. You know what? Uh, I've heard enough. I'm going to take the chance. I'm going to swipe right. James, you are the proud odor of Andrew Luck. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. That worked out which, perfectly. Nothing, which, nothing which makes get... me happier than this moment right now. We need to, we need to shut the podcast down. We are done. Oh. We're never recording again. It needs to end at this second. <laughs> James, well, James I, has hey, I will. Andrew I will. Luck I will. For his dynasty well, football team. Oh, and I am so ecstatic about it. <laughs> so first of all, he's on the block already. He is on the block. I am looking to upgrade. I'm already looking to upgrade the uh, the situation from from my Tinder my Tinder commitment, but. I'll tell you this. I, I have never, never, ever, ever thought that Andrew Luck was a bad quarterback. The guy is fantastic. And I think one of the keys that you said was when he plays 16 games, he's fantastic. And if I knew he was playing 16 games next year, guys, I'd be buying him everywhere. I'd have him where you guys do in your rankings. I just don't believe that's the case. And and I just think there's too much risk for me to have him as high as you guys do. So that's my thing with Luck is – I'm worried about his longevity and if he can come back and be 100%. But if he can come back and be that guy, I, I'd be happy. I'd be I'll, I'll I'll be taking Andrew Luck down the uh, to the altar. You know, I'm good with that. <laughs> so yeah, the first stat was Damn a little you, misleading, but true. He averaged 29.6 touchdowns per 16 game season through his first five seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so he did that like twice. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> That's an average of his first five years. But one year, I think it was 2014 or 15, he played seven games. And that, yeah, I, I extrapolated that to 16. Oh. So no, per 16-game season, mm. that would be his average. So that's the uh, quarterback. That's the super flex or the tender flex version of a boob job is what you gave him. Pretty pretty much. <laughs> you basically, yeah, makeup. you basically I, photoshopped the, the fo- you photoshopped the picture pretty well. No, 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 and, no. And you cropped some stuff out. And, I just yeah, lied yeah. about, it's like, you know, he was actually 35, but he said he was 27. That's that's essentially what I did. Wait a minute, he? Yeah, on on Tinder, I'm making the Tinder connection here. Don't. What are you doing? What? Yeah, but I, I get off okay, my back okay. here. Well, <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. I think James, right, James so is up. I'm getting a 35 year old dude from Tinder. All right, <laughs> you said it. All right, yes, I am up. I am up, and uh, that that left a sour taste in my mouth that I, I bought Andrew Luck, and I don't like you for it, Travis, one bit. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you that my player is a quarterback as well. So I'll throw out the first stat. For John here, uh, the first stat, this player has 80 career NFL starts. Okay. Pretty vague. So John, are you going to uh, you going to pass here? Yeah, yeah. Let's get some more information. What do you think, Travis? Same. Let's do it. Okay. The second stat: this player has 101 touchdown passes, uh, career touchdown passes, and 57 career interceptions thrown. Hmm. Yeah, I need a little more information. I'm swiping left. Wow, okay. All right. Well, John, it's 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 on you. So the third stat that I have for you was that last year was he had his top QBR of his career at 72.4. Wow. That's uh That's bad. That's Isn't that bad? Yeah, I guess Yeah, I guess that's not a very good QB rating. Yeah, um, but I might as well hear the last clue because I'm I'm uh, um, in exclusive negotiations with this. Yeah, man, I'm lady. I'm out, and I might I might look like a total jackass when I when we find out who this is. But <laughs> I don't want this guy. <laughs> that is interesting. Okay, the fourth stat: this uh, this player has a 62.5 completion percentage in his career. Ooh, hmm. Sam Bradford. You know what? I'm gonna swipe right. Wow. Well, you are the proud owner of Sam Bradford. You nailed it, Travis. And Travis, the Arizona Cardinal fan who wanted Sam Bradford so bad there, swiped left immediately after the second stat. Did I I ever say I wanted him so bad there? I don't think I ever said that. Yeah, you're right. I don't think you ever said so bad, but I I do know that you you definitely were not sad when they signed Sam Bradford. You were... I think I was. Okay with it. Really? No, I, I, I don't know. We'll have no, to go back when to, they the, signed to the it, archive. It was, like, it was like the consolation prize to the Kirk Cousins race, so I was, I was not like super ecstatic. But I have been, I have been. I think this is maybe where you're getting it from because I've been uh, an adamant supporter of Sam Bradford, the player when healthy, um, as being a competent NFL quarterback. So, yeah. Uh, man, yeah. that's rough. Yeah, that's that's kind of brutal. And when we get to to my uh, "you're nuts" hot take at the end of this show, you're gonna see why I'm so distraught <laughs> over this. Over going out on a date with uh, with somebody who I have to push her wheelchair around. But and you know what it was the, for uh, me? It was was what was the career start? It was 108 career starts and. No, it was 80, 80, career, 80, career, NFL starts. 80 career starts and, so, and 108 touchdowns? 101, 101. touchdowns. So that's yeah, so less than, yeah, man, that's like 1.1 per game or something like that. Yeah. That was See, when I, I was like, bye. I thought I thought I might be 
stealing Cam Newton there for a minute. But I mean, I think he's probably he's played more like ninety six games, somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, ninety, mm, ni- probably yeah. around ninety games. But so I was thinking of pe- trying to think of people in that range. And, you know, maybe somebody who doesn't throw a ton of touchdowns, doesn't have a, a real good QB rating, but I thought maybe I'm I'm getting real good fantasy production without real good passing. So, But turns out, nope, that's not the case. I'm just getting two absolutely worthless knees. Wow. So, uh, John, you get two worthless knees. I get a worthless throwing shoulder, and neither <laughs> of us are happy with our Tinder results. So far, so Travis good. Travis is the only one who hasn't bought anyone. <laughs> but, John, you get to give the clues. And uh, the the cool thing about this uh, this round of Tinder Flex is that you don't have to, to swipe right on anyone. And, I hey, I, if Travis doesn't try to swipe right, uh, maybe I buy a second player. Who knows? Maybe I have a backup plan, you know? A date at six and a date at nine, something like that. Wow. You know? Who knows? Oh, yeah. James, you it's, slut. That'd be intense. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I haven't committed to anything yet. All right, but all right, John. So, what do you got for us, man? All right, this one is going to be a wide receiver, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you guys a little bit of a curveball because I'm gonna tell you more about his her dad in this in this case. So, his coach, his head coach. So in nine years, this wide receiver's new offensive-minded head coach has produced six top 14 wide receivers and four top 10 wide receivers in nine years. Pass. Yeah, pass. All right. This wide receiver's head coach, his top wide receiver, has received more than 23% target share in eight of nine seasons. Almost a quarter of the target share goes to that wide receiver one. Okay. Pass. Yeah, I'll pass as well. This wide receiver's head coach's secondary wide receiver has received more than an 18% target share only once and finished as a top 30, 38 wide receiver just once. Man, I'm going to go. I'm going to pass for the next clue. I don't think James is going to swipe right yet. I think I know who the player is, but I'm gonna pass because I'm gonna I'm gonna see if Travis is I'm gonna give Travis the last option here uh, before I make a move either way. So I, I I have an idea who the player is though, and I'm I'm curious to see if I'm right. All right. So essentially, what we've established is that this head coach really focuses on the number one wide receiver. The last clue is this wide receiver will be the top option in his offense. Can you go back to the so uh, how many years did you go back here for this coach Nine for years. these coaching stats? 9 years. And that's what various coaching positions I can assume, right? Uh that's his head coach. 9 years as a head coach? Yep. No, well, but the the he, this is his head coach, but the nine-year coaching career isn't as a head coach, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's nine years as a as a head coach. Holy moly! Oh wow! Okay, I'm gonna swipe right. All right, I and think. Can I guess? Yeah, it's got to be Amari Cooper, right? It's Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the only so, new, he's the only head coach who got a new job this year that's had that kind of coaching experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could have been a wide receiver moving on to it, you know. Oh, okay. It, it could I have didn't been. think about that. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But, I mean, it wasn't. You got it right. It's Amari <laughs> Cooper. I'll take Amari yeah. Cooper any day, man. In in John Gruden's offense. So, I mean, he's, he's going to get volume. It, you know, historically, John Gruden focuses on that wide receiver one. So it's all about what does he do with it. And real quick, I, I want to give a shout-out here to Addison Hayes, at Hayes underscore on Twitter, and his database, his new website, ffstatistics.com. That's where I got this information. He's got a cool new tool where he, uh, where he tracks fantasy production by position based on the, the uh, head coach of that position. So and wow. he's got awesome. every head coach since 2000. 
Yeah, that database is crazy. It's it's a really good resource. Ever since I started looking into it, I've been using it nonstop pretty much. Yeah, and it's getting better by the day. It's crazy. Cool. So I am the proud new owner of Amari Cooper. Yeah. And James got Andrew Luck. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been worse. I could have had Andrew Luck and Amari Cooper. Yeah. Ooh, burn. <laughs> On to our next segment, the top, the Super Six which, just for a little background on this, uh, a couple months ago, we were uh, voted to Ryan McDowell's Fantasy Football Follows, number, the number six podcast in the entire Dynasty community, which was a huge honor for us and just meant the absolute world to us. So we did, at the time, we did an episode of our top six top sixes where we each did six top six lists. So we're not going to do six of them here, but we each have a top six list for you. And I'm going to start here. My top six. And again, some background for you. Today we're recording on May 28th, which is the birthday of my co-host, James Katulis. James Happy birthday. The Brain. Happy birthday, James. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So my top six is going to be the top six James the Brain birthdays. Number six, birthday number one, when a Steelers <laughs> logo cake was uh, was placed in front of James by accident. James is a notorious Browns fan. He got a Steelers logo birthday cake, and that became the world's first smash cake. A trend began that day. Uh, back in 1982. Number five, James's 16th birthday. James gets his license. James gets his first car. And he nicknamed it Ernest Biner because the thing ran like a champ until it got about half a mile from his destination and then just stopped. The driver's side door just popped open and spit him out every single time he drove it. Just fumbled him two yards essentially short of his destination i hate that birthday i hate that birthday (laughs) that was a tough one right yeah it still is it still is number four james's 21st birthday his first taste of beer yeah right where which when he also found out not only that beer is the nectar of the gods the most delicious thing on earth but he also realized that it dulls the senses and makes it much easier to deal with a season of Cleveland Browns football. Birthday number th- yes, that that's true. That one that one's right on, man. Birthday number three. This one, the same birthday as the Superflex Super Show. Plus, this year Baker Mayfield becomes a Brown, and James, along with the two of us, become DLFers. Number two that birthday. That should be number one. Well, that's a good birthday. Let's see what else we got here. <laughs> all right, all right, it, it, all it right. is, it is outside of the Baker part. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, the actual day of his birth. The world would never be the same. The Browns get a fan they don't deserve, and we get a co-host and friend we don't deserve. And the number one birthday for James the Brain is TBD because the best is yet to come. Happy birthday, my friend. Oh man, wow. thank you. I appreciate that. And that that list was was top notch, man. I I don't think Travis. I know Travis can't beat it, but even me, I don't even <laughs> think I can beat that list, John. That's how good that list was, buddy. Thank I didn't you. know we were going full on sappy here. Um, yeah, I didn't either. At but first. yeah, man, but that you was can adorable. only brag on the on the Browns for so long before <laughs> it gets old. All right, well, mine's going to be significantly more football-related in that it's entirely <laughs> football-related. <laughs> Boring. Uh, I know. So I went with my top six most-owned players on my own dynasty teams. Uh, so these are the guys I have the highest percentage ownership across my leagues. And I think it's pretty apropos of my my takes in general. So we got Chad Kelly quarterback Denver Broncos in case you guys don't know who he is (laughs) Um, this one's pretty simple he's dirt cheap and he's got a path to playing time in the future so that's pretty much it Uh, George Kittle 
Love George Kittle. Christian Kirk, obviously, my boy. Vance McDonald, I will talk more about him in a little bit. Sammy Watkins, uh, the true number one receiver in Kansas City. And Leonta Carew, who is the one regret of this list. Um, <laughs> stocked up on him during the offseason uh, before all of the other wide receiver signings in Miami. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can't really... I mean, he, he's he's on my short list of drop candidates when roster cuts come around, but still own him quite a bit. Nice, man. I don't, I don't hate that list. I kind of like Kittle, Kirk, McDonald. Although, I thought Vance McDonald had a nickname, but uh, <laughs> Vance McDonald I like. Sammy Watkins, I'm not... Uh, I mean... He's second fiddle, second beans to to a top ten wide receiver in Tyree Kill. Mm, nope. So I don't love that, but other than that, I mean, I think it looks pretty good. What do you think, John? Yeah, not bad. Uh, it's it's interesting that you've got two tight ends that you own in most leagues, and I'm assuming that most of these leagues are one tight end too. So um, it's interesting that you've got just kind of a a tight end duo that you uh, that you go to in every league yeah i think but that's they're... generally the the strategy is if you know if you don't have one of those top guys i have a few select target players uh that i like that i'm trying to stock up on and so those are those are absolutely two of them yeah and they're both pretty cheap i mean mcdonald is dirt cheap and kittle's not so cheap anymore but the shares i have of kittle i acquired in season last year so I think his stock has gone up significantly since then. All right, so I guess that leaves my top six list, and uh, I'm going to be doing my top six 2018 deep sleepers. So obviously this might change as we go because, you know, it's the end of May. But as of right now, I'm going to give my top six, and number six to me is Josh Hill. Josh Hill's a tight end for the Saints, and the reason why he's on this list, Travis, I'm really glad that you brought up the athletic profiler um, that you did, uh, that you can go to player profiler and you can look up these players' profiles because if you look up Josh Hills, he's actually in the 90th percentile for burst score, he's actually in the 87th percentile for agility score, and he's in the 90th percentile for catching radius. Um, his numbers look really good, and this is a guy who his best comparable is Tyler Eifert, and he's basically Tyler Eifert without the injury history. So there's there's definitely a ceiling for him. Also, uh, Hill signed a he was a, a restricted free agent a couple years back, and he signed a, a contract offer, a three year seven point one million dollar deal, and the Saints decided to match it even when they had Kobe Fleener. They don't have Fleener anymore. I think now it's time for them to get investment uh, a return rather on that investment. Um, the only thing that's standing in between him and fantasy relevance is a, a an aging Ben Watson. So I, I like uh, I like Josh Allen his opportunity. Um, number five on my list is Josh Allen, and really the reason is is because in two QB or superflex leagues, Josh Allen has a he has a good chance of starting significant weeks. And if you can get a starter in a superflex league, a guy who I think Buffalo is going to be down in a lot of games. I don't think they're going to be very competitive. I think they're going to have to throw the ball. I think Josh Allen, just on sheer volume, may be usable in 2QB and Superflex League. So he's my number five. Number four is Kevin White. And again, a lot of that has to do with their depth chart in Chicago and the new offense. Um, I, I think Nagy definitely is a step up from what they had there with John Fox. And I think that Kevin White, uh, you know, I mean, there's they did bring in some receivers you have Allen Robinson they drafted Anthony Miller and you have Taylor Gabriel but um, I don't know that uh, if Kevin White can stay healthy if if they can keep him off the field so we'll see um, with him number three is Nick Foles Uh, to me Nick Foles staying in Philly says a lot Uh, Philly does not want to lose him they won't trade him that means that they, I don't know, maybe they're a little concerned that Carson Wentz might not be ready for the start of the year. And if he is, and they feel like trading him in season, he could go to a team that's competing right away or needs a quarterback. You could end up getting a steal. And Nick Foles isn't going very highly right now. So that's a guy I would uh, I would invest in. Number two on this list is Chad Hansen. And I know Travis already asked who. Um, so I'm going to explain Chad Hansen. It's a wide receiver for the New York Jets. And did the New York Jets, their their receiver situation is a total mess. I mean, you have Robbie Anderson, but the legal issues that he has, everything coming down from that is, is I mean, I, I think he's going to miss significant playing time. You've got other guys, Andre Roberts, Jermaine Curse, Quincy Inunua, 
Cher, Cher, uh, Devin Smith, Ardarius Stewart, uh, Sharon Peak, Terrell Pryor. Uh, I, I think uh, Trey McBride. I mean, they have. I, I think they have like 16 receivers right now. But there's only five of them that are returning, and that's Anunua, Hanson, Peak, Smith, uh, or Darius Stewart. Actually, there is six, and Robbie Anderson. Um, and if Robbie Anderson is suspended, I think anybody that's been in this system kind of has a, a an edge in playing time. So I think Chad Hanson's a deep, deep stash, but you can get him. He's, his cost is free, pretty much. You just pick him up off the waiver wire, and you can put him on your roster uh, right away. And my number one uh, 2018 deep sleeper is Troy Fumagalli. Look, I know a lot of people are really high on Jake Butt, and he got hurt last year, and, you know, he didn't really get a chance to show what he did or what he can do, but Troy Fumagalli is a really good tight end. He's a guy, he's well-rounded. He can block well. He's really good at catching the ball. Um, He's an underrated athlete. I think he can do a little bit of everything, and I think that, uh, you know, when you look at the the situation there in Denver, uh, I... I think he could be a quarterback's best friend, and I think that that's what's uh, what's probably needed there. So um, I, I like Troy Fumagalli. I think that he plays early and often, and I think that uh, he ends up surprising some people um, this year and ends up being a really usable tight end year one. So, and and again, his cost is pretty much free too, depending on how deep your rookie drafts are. Um, you know, I've seen four four round rookie drafts that uh, you know in twelve team super flex leagues where Troy Fumagalli does not go. So. Uh, I think his opportunity cost is probably, I mean, you're probably getting him for free and, you know, he can pay dividends at the end of your roster. So that's my list, guys. I'm sure you guys are going to shoot holes in it, but that's all right. What do you guys think? I'll jump in here. Um, I love the Nick Foles pick. I love the Troy Fumagalli pick. And I don't like the other ones. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. At least I got two hits on, on this list for, uh, for Travis, which normally if I get, you know, one third of my takes are Travis approved, that's a good percentage for me. So that's something. What about you, John? What something do you think? Something to strive for, James. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like the conclusion that you came to on Nick Foles. Um, I I don't know about the process just because, I, I mean, I think that he probably gets traded still. Um, you know, I think that this could easily turn into a situation similar to what they had with Sam Bradford uh, two years ago when, you know, Ted Br- Teddy Bridgewater went down with an injury and the Minnesota Vikings, you know, a contender without a quarterback and they were desperate and, you know, the they were willing to hand over a blank check. Um, I think that the Eagles are looking to do the same thing with Nick Foles, and I think they're going to sit back and wait until they can get max value. So I think Nick Foles is actually going to move on to a different team. I think that's still yet to come. But when that happens, then, yeah, absolutely. All of a sudden, you get to cash in big time with him. Um, A couple of these others, uh, Josh Allen in particular, I think that he probably gets on the field way sooner than he really should. Um, so, I mean, in a super flex league, he's going to have value in 2018. I don't know how much value that's going to be. I think that he should probably be holding a clipboard for the entire season, but you know, that all he has to do is look good enough in practice to, to leapfrog AJ McCarron. And that shouldn't be very hard to do. Um, and then the the one that I have probably the biggest issue with is actually going to be Troy Fumagalli, just because Jake Butt is still here. You know the Broncos are still for some reason pretty high on Jeff Hireman, um, and above all else, I just have a hard time trusting a rookie tight end for a, for one year. I mean, I think that he's worth the stash, especially if you have a tech, uh, taxi squad spot for him but um as far as 2018 goes i i don't see a whole lot of production coming but overall a good list i mean all of these guys are free or next to it so absolutely worth the stash excellent all right guys we got uh, your nuts next right john <laughs> easy we have john's nuts next <laughs> my, my right, my right john just, just let's just let's just <laughs> plop them down on <laughs> Oh my All right, God. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the uh, the the poorly named uh, hot take segment 
coming for the coming 2018 season. Here are some uh, some bold bold predictions from each one of us in a segment we like to call "You're Nuts," as in you are nuts, not as in your personal. Anyways, let's let's start this thing off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a there there is an apostrophe in there. Uh, I'll go first real quick here. Josh Rosen is the Cardinals' Week One starter. He starts the entire season and he guides them to the cusp of the playoffs. They just missed the playoffs. I believe that they come in second in the NFC West, and it comes down to the final two or three weeks of the season before they're eliminated from playoff contention. Well, I'll start out by saying I I think you're a little nuts. And I love Josh Rosen, but I don't think week one he starts. I think you got to give it till week three or four until Bradford's knees start acting up. And then he'll be in. But I, I love everything about it, and I hope that it's true because I would love Josh Rosen to start week one and be you know, good right away and just show all those teams that passed on him that they shouldn't have. <clears throat> Cleveland... And so, yeah, I, I think you're a little nuts, but I, I'm kind of rooting for you not to be. So that's my take there. And I'm, I'll bet you Travis is probably rooting for something close to that too. Mm. <laughs> I am rooting for Sam Bradford to stay healthy. And we've talked about it before. If he's healthy, I think he starts as long as he's healthy. Uh, despite swiping left on him earlier, I do think that Sam Bradford is a competent quarterback. And if he's healthy, he's going to hold off the rookie for as long as possible. Um, and this this team, the Cardinals were 8-8 eight and eight last year with uh, Drew Stanton, James's boy, Drew Stanton, and Blaine Gabbert, my boy, um, and no David Johnson. So you come into this year, you get David Johnson back, you get a competent quarterback, you add a receiver, you improve the offensive line. I think, and granted, obviously this is a homer take, but I think people are not giving the Cardinals credit, uh, as much credit as they deserve. If Sam Bradford stays healthy, I think Josh Rosen rides pine, and I think they can be a 10-win team. Am I nuts? Did this turn into the Travis's nuts segment? <laughs> yeah, you kind of... Kind of stole that one yeah, well, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> that's that's how the podcast normally winds up. But. <laughs> yeah, I think you're more nuts than I am, but obviously I'm biased. So, all right, we'll uh, we'll just let you uh, throw out your your nuts here. <laughs> I'm gonna throw out my nuts. Um, Vance McDonald. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Um, my your nuts statement or my nuts statement is Vance McDonald will finish <laughs> as a top eight tight end in 2018. Top eight. Mm. Hear me out. Okay. You seem skeptical. <laughs> so let me lay it out for you. Okay. Vance McDonald is 27 years old. John, can you tell me what the average breakout age is for a tight end in the NFL? Uh, I believe I heard this stat once before on a, uh, a similar Superflex podcast. Right, it was from um, me. And, it's yeah, 27. Yeah, I, 27 <laughs> years old. 27 okay. years old is the okay. average breakout age for a tight end in the NFL. Um, so basically, so the Steelers have been looking for a dynamic playmaker at the tight end position for years, um, a la Ladarius Green project. That didn't work out. Um, mm-hmm. There's already been reports of Vance McDonald being featured in the in the offense in 2018. He is a fantastic athlete. Um, his issue thus far has been his inability to stay on the field. He's missed 19 games in his five-year career, which is hashtag not good. Um, and in the final playoff game for the Steelers last year, can do you guys know how many targets Vance McDonald got in their last playoff game? 16 in a playoff yeah. game. They obviously, I mean, that tells me that they trust him if they need to. They they have they have that ability to trust him if they need to. He's he's a good player. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all of my arguments for Vance McDonald. I think he's good. I think he's going to be largely involved if he can stay healthy. Tight end is not the highest bar in the world to set. Or, I'm sorry, tight end eight is not the highest bar in the world to set. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with Vance McDonald, man. And he's, like, dirt yeah. cheap, dude. You can get Vance McDonald for, like, a third-round pick right now. Well, that's – I'll give you that. <laughs> you can have him for – pretty much nothing but uh no I, I i do think you're nuts and i mean to me even though you're right about the tight end position i think that there are still a minimum of 12 tight ends who are going to be featured way more than vance mcdonald just based on the fact that you already have antonio brown you know you've already got the best wide receiver in the game there Plus, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster on the rise. You've got Le'Veon Bell, and now you add in James Washington. It's like how I don't see a path for Vance McDonald to consistently get the type of targets it would take for him to even be a tight end one, much less a top 10, top 8 guy. Yeah, I'm going to agree with John and say you're a little nuts here, Travis. I I I definitely think that the the bar isn't very high to be tight end eight, though. I think I think you're right, and um, you know you just look at the tight end finishes from last year, and you just you know the tight end eight is. Can possible, I add that? But... Can I add in real quick on that, real quick? Mm-hmm. Tight oh, end, please do. Tight end eight last year, uh-huh. Cameron Bray. 40, yeah. 48 mm-hmm. catches, five hundred and ninety one yards, and six touchdowns. Yeah. That's garbage. Yeah it's, yeah, it's not good, but I mean the touchdowns is kind of the big thing. And I I don't I don't know that they're going to look for Vance McDonald. Six? Like the what they're six? really kind of Well, yeah, I mean I don't think that he can get six. I guess oh, that's he's my getting point. six. Nah, he's not getting a chance. six. He's going to be Heath Miller. He's going to work the middle of the field, but when way, it gets way down, better than Heath Miller. As as far as getting the trust of Ben Roethlisberger, I don't think anybody is going to be Heath Miller. Yeah, and what, let's also analyze. I mean, I know you brought up the last playoff game, Travis, where Vance McDonald had 16 targets. But, dude, that, that game was against Jacksonville. They were throwing all game because they were behind all game. Ben Roethlisberger threw 58 times, 58 attempts for Big Ben. Um, Vance McDonald did have a decent stat line, but he threw for five touchdowns, and one of them wasn't to his tight end either. So, I mean, there's still some things here that I would go, I, I don't know. That game script's not going to be there every week. Um, so I don't, I, you know, I don't know that he gets those targets. Plus, Jacksonville has great cornerbacks. The way to, to attack them is with the tight end, and so I think that they did that late in the game, and it kind of worked for them moving the ball down the field. So I I don't know. I yeah. I, I think I think there's upside there though. I definitely feel like I don't know that I'd go eight. I could see him being a tight end one. I'd get on board with that. I think he can be in that ten to twelve range. I think eight's just a little high. That's why I'm I'm gonna say you're only a little nuts here. But um, but yeah. I, I mean, I can definitely see the path to fantasy relevance for him. I just go back to I mean, tight end. You don't think he can get fifty catches for six hundred yards and six touchdowns? No. I, I don't no, know. I think it was a down That's year for tight ends. Greg, Greg Olson, Greg Olson will be healthy again. Um, yeah, I, I think the tight end numbers were down across the board uh, last year, and I think it'll be better this year. But I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's he's in the top eight um, in my projections. He wouldn't be able to use. So that's yeah. Well, fair enough. It's supposed to be pretty hot, so. That's cool. (laughs) It is. It is hot. All right. So uh, I'm I'm the last one, um, and with my nuts take, and here is mine. Nelson Aguilar will finish ahead of Elshon Jeffrey in fantasy points in PPR leagues. What do you guys think? How off base am I? Is this too nuts? Not nuts enough, or just the right amount of nuts? This might not be nuts enough. (laughs) I think you're probably nuts, but man, not 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 real nuts. It's um, unlikely, but I'm on board with it. Yeah, you could definitely <laughs> see it happening. It's probably especially, not going to finish that way, but I lo- I love it. Yeah, I mean, especially since there isn't any kind of 
of you know that there isn't an asterisk here that includes health you know it's just uh, if Alshon Jeffrey misses any time at all and Nelson Aguilar plays all 16 games and this is a slam dunk yeah yeah that's true maybe I didn't go out on enough of a limb here but I, I definitely think that at least, you know, when you look at ADP and you look at, you know, uh, projections, I think a lot of people feel that Elshon Jeffrey is still probably a high-end wide receiver too, high to mid wide receiver too for most teams. And I think that's where I probably value Nelson Aguilar. So I was kind of looking at it and I think my projections are awful close for both of them. So I, I think this could happen, but um, yeah, maybe I'm not as contrarian with uh, thinking that way as I thought I was. I think most people listening to this are going to think you that you're absolutely nuts so i think i think it's good i okay, think it's good, good enough. i think me and john just happened to i think all three of us happen to like nelson Aguilar, and we all three don't view alshon jeffrey as you know a wide receiver one or whatever yeah as long as we've got listeners yelling you're nuts that's uh that's all i that's all i need that's all i care about who's, who's nuts you're nuts hmm all our nuts. <laughs> nuts everywhere. All right, so with that, we're going to wrap up our first episode as a member of the Dynasty League Football family of podcasts. And man, does it feel good to say that. But as we wrap it up for this week, we're going to ask you for all for a quick favor. If you would, first of all, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Wherever you listen, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, etc., etc. We're on Podbean, all of the above. So if you would, first of all, subscribe. And then while you're at it, rate and review the podcast as well. Um, it, it, those ratings help us improve our content and our reach so we can involve more, involve more people in the conversation and touch on more topics that are meaningful to you, the listener. And in the vein of listener interaction, follow us all on Twitter. Travis is at TravisNFL. James is at underscore JamesTheBrain. And I'm at SuperFlexDude. And then follow the show itself, at SuperFlexShow. That's the new Twitter account for the show. And you can also send your trades there. And like we said earlier, you can... Uh, if you send us those trades, we can get you more some retweets. We can get you more votes, more comments, more interaction, and we can even analyze it right here on the podcast. We always love doing those trade shows, so send them to us at Superflex Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to all of the listeners who followed us over to DLF. Thank you to the rest of the, the DLF family of podcasts. And... Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song, The Addiction, that we use for our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to every last one of you for listening. And until next week, bye. Yeah, now the